Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. Twin daughters who were eight, and uh, we were just chatting like, oh, have you guys ever been homesick? And uh, it became apparent to me quickly that they didn't know what that meant. One of my children, all she heard was sick. And she had a bad experience a few years back being sick and was like, never, right? I, I will never be homesick. She put her foot down, no, right? Cold, steely gaze. And uh, like, oh, we, we don't mean actually sick, right? We mean, you know, like, like a longing, like an ache. Do you, do you like miss, you know, you kind of, you, you just, you, something you miss that you, that you want. And uh, our other daughter thought for a moment and she looked at us and said, uh, I'm cake sick, right? I'm, I'm cake sick, right? Uh, her mom had made a spice cake uh, for Thanksgiving and it was her way of saying, uh, I am aching and longing uh, for dessert, right? Uh, and we were at the beginning of the meal. Uh, I, I'm, I'm cake sick, she said. And I think about, uh, I think like that interaction for me, I think our reading this morning from Isaiah, I think the season of Advent, um, I, I, I do think that it, it, uh, it taps into that same kind of feeling. Uh, that like, like for my daughter in that moment, she knew a good thing, right? Like she had tasted it. It's a favorite. She came down that morning. First thing down the steps and said, can I have cake for breakfast? <laughs> I said, don't tell your mom. Yes. Right. Uh, I, I didn't do that. Actually, typically mom's leading that charge, but, um, right. She, she knew a good thing, but, but, but our reading this morning, the season of Advent, I think it, it taps into that feeling, but, but more specifically the feeling that we know a good thing when it's absent, that, that when it's not present, when it, when, it, when it is not as readily visible as we know it could or should be, we, we feel that. And the season of Advent is, is precisely that, that kind of ache or feeling, or again, to use the image we started with, homesickness. This, this longing. If, if, I could, if I could use another image sort of in the same family, we were chatting on Zoom before a service about smells... Yeah, about smells that uh, evoke like a, a memory, right? Maybe you have some of those. We heard some really interesting ones over, over Zoom, but uh, like fun ones, like smells of the season, like peppermint and cinnamon, all, all those kinds of things. And maybe that was, you know, there are smells we associate with Thanksgiving, right? For uh, ginger snaps came up in, in my family, my grandmother uh, always making them at Christmas. And, and, and we, you know, we try to keep that going. So you smell them and immediately like it triggers like a, a memory, an ache or a longing. If, if I could use that image, I, I would suggest that our reading from Isaiah this morning, uh, it's, it's full of all of those kinds of smells, Right, it's, it's full of all kinds of smells that are meant to, to awaken uh, a hunger and an ache in us. If, if, we, if we just, again, the words are all through the passage, but if we just jump to the end, uh, the, 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 the promise at the end that there would be peace without end, that justice and righteousness would, would, would run forever, right, without end, we, we, we hear these promises, these suggestions of peace, of, of rightness, of goodness. And then we, 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 we lay that next to our experience and, and we, we, we feel the dissonance there. Like this is, this, I mean, let's be honest, peace is often not even a word that describes our homes and relationships, much less the, the world, right? That, that there is in, in, in these words, I think, uh, that, uh, a move that does something. 
right? Like, like smells that evoke, that there is a, a move in this passage that creates a hunger and an ache, a longing in our hearts that the world is not as it should be. We are homesick for, for, for righteousness. I, I was reminded, G.K. Uh, Chesterton is a Catholic writer and apologist for the faith uh, and, and, and uh, of sorts, but it, it writes about this theme of like homesickness in, in our hearts. And, and in one of his poems, The House of Christmas, he talks about the, the truth that men are homesick in their homes, that even when we're kind of around things that we know to be good and, and life can, can be rich and full, there is in us this hunger uh, for something more, that all is not often as it, as it should be. Uh, which brings us, I think, to the first word of Advent, the like first and foundational word of Advent, and that word is help. That, that where we start in this passage, where Advent moves us to, someone has said Advent begins in the dark, right? That, that there is this admission that we need help, that all is not as it should be, that this ache, this hunger for homesickness moves us towards our need for help. We, we see it at the beginning of our reading this morning. Verse 2 uh, just begins with a blunt assessment of life. The people who walked in darkness, it says. And then the next, beginning of the next couplet, those who dwell in a land of deep darkness. There's just an, an admission that, that up front we're in the dark. We need help. The context of this passage, so if you back up a little further in Isaiah, this, this prophetic book of the Old Testament as he writes about the circumstances of his world, but then uh, uh, anticipates things being made right, uh, as we see even this morning, uh, that, that even in the context, he's wrestling with uh, this, this move in human history and in our hearts towards darkness, that, that the narrative of that story is that the more we try to rely on ourselves, and he, he paints a, a picture of this as you read through Isaiah, the more we depend on our strength politically all these things in Isaiah the more we depend on on our efforts deeper and deeper into darkness we go the more we we realize things are not as they should be in fact in in our reading uh, one author has called them like elemental human fears. Right, there was some strong language that Josiah read for us here, but as you're reading through the passage, verses three, four, and five paint this picture. Uh, they, they tap into kind of fears in, in, in our hearts, places in which we need help. The first is this fear uh, of, of dying away, that the people, they're, they're dwindling, their numbers are dwindling, that they, they would just kind of cease to be. And this fear of, of kind of losing their place. There's a fear in this passage of, of famine, right? Of, of scarcity, that they're not going to have what they need. And then war, the language of war fills this passage as well. As we heard Josiah read, a fear that they would be overrun. They'd be, they'd be themselves the spoils of, of war, broken and oppressed. So I would suggest, right, maybe those fears aren't the same for you and me. Maybe they are. But that it, it asks us to maybe ask that question of ourselves. What, what are yours? These are the fears that Isaiah kind of taps into here. Deep-seated sort of spaces in which they feel the desperateness of their situation. What is that space for you? What, what, what is, Advent asks us to be honest about our predicament, right? That, that we need help. That on our own, we are in the dark. We need help. This is the first foundational word 
of Advent. It's where Isaiah starts. On our own, we are in the dark, deep darkness. But the beauty of our reading this morning and of the season of Advent, Christmas, is that once, once here, once honest about our need for help, and I don't know what situations or circumstances may be coming to your mind as you think about the places in your life where you feel weak and overrun and in need of help, but as those places come to the surface, Advent and our reading this morning, that once we, we begin here, we, we take a turn. Our reading in this season, they offer an answer in response to that cry. That in response to our cry for help, right, admitting our need, what we find in this passage is hope. That Isaiah extends hope, and specifically hope that, that, that involves help that comes from the outside. Help from outside of ourselves. This, I think, is where we move now into the season of Advent. You see it right there and where we started in verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. People in deep darkness, on them a light has shone. And what I would like for you to consider is that in that, in, the, in that verse, you'll notice that the light is nothing they produce themselves, nothing they are responsible for. They are lost like us in the desperateness of their need. And yet, help comes in the form of hope from outside of themselves. Hope. That that. that the situation is not theirs to rectify, that, that even though it's beyond their ability, their wisdom to see, their ability to change, that help comes from the outside. And that theme is developed in response to each of those fears that we referenced. Uh, there is a promise in this passage in verses 3 and 4 and 5 where God says, I, I, am, I am going to step in and offer hope. That where you are afraid of, of just diminishing as a people, he says, I will give you life, new life. Where you're afraid of, of not having enough, he says, I will give you abundant harvest. And where you're afraid of being overrun, I will give you security, he says. That hope comes in this moment in the form of hope from outside of themselves. It's, a, it's an emphasis we have made over and over and over again in Ephesians over the last uh, few weeks in our series on life together that, that help uh, comes from someone else, that the subject in all of this activity, even in our reading, the subject is God. We are the objects. He is the one who moves and works. You see it really explicitly at the very end, in the last verse, really the last sort of ringing declaration of our passage this morning. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. All of this promise of change and new life and help, he says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What that says to you and me and the circumstances of your life and mine, that the energy for new life, the, the, the initiative for help, that all of that comes from him and not from within. That, that even as we sing, and Isaiah will say later, that even young men grow weak. We, we fatigue and get tired. We reach the end of our resources. And yet there is this promise that hope comes from outside of ourselves. It is his passion and his strength that lead to life in your situation and, and mine, which I think brings us to maybe the last word. If help is the first word of Advent, help is where we start. And in this reading, we hear extend to us the promise of hope. The last word of Advent, I think, is home. 
is, is the truth. That, that what, what, what will it look like? How is he going to achieve this in our reading? What, what will it mean? I mean, there's an image here of God bringing it into war and, and all those things. Like, what, how's that going to happen? Well, the answer in our reading this morning in the season of Advent, which drives it home for us, is that God will make his home with us. That the answer to that ache in our hearts, that homesickness, the ache for home in your heart and mind, uh, and mind for things to be, to be put right, to be made right, is found in God making his home with you and me, with us, right in the middle of, kind of all that mess and darkness. And here's the interesting thing about this passage. Is it won't look anything like what we expect Right, that God's answer to our cry for help typically look, even in the story of Christ, will look nothing like what we expect. We hear hints of it in, in our passage. In verse 4, uh, verse four, he talks about a burdensome yoke will be broken, which I think should call to mind words we've reflected on here before. Words of Jesus himself when he says, my yoke will be easy and light. I will come to you in gentleness and kindness. All you have known, even from people who are declaring peace, is a show of force, but I will come to you in gentleness and kindness. And in verse 4 again, he's, he references the days of Midian. This historical reference for the people to whom he's writing, they're remembering a moment, a historical reminder in history when God took a guy named Gideon and just whittled him down to nothing. Made him weaker than he would have been on his own. God whittles him down and then through that weakness shows himself to be strong. A theme that we'll see over and over and over again in the story of the gospel. That God's answer to the brokenness of the world, the darkness of the world, will not be a show of force and coercive power. Although Isaiah has made clear he has the strength to do that. What Isaiah shows us in this passage and what we see so often throughout his writing is that God's answer to all that brokenness, that, that the heart of his deliverance for you and for me and for this world, in this case, comes to us through the face of a child. He says, for unto you a child is born. That, that in answer to our cry for help, before we ever finish the word, uh, his reply is, a child, a child is born. That God is strong enough to overcome all the brokenness and darkness in our world by becoming vulnerable, transparent, and humble. By coming even as, even as a child, Isaiah tells us. And that this child will show us, he will show you and me what it means to have God at home with you. That he will show us what it's like for God to be with us. What does that look like? What are the traits of that home, that, that presence with us? It's wonderful counsel. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This picture of what it will mean in your circumstance uh, for God to be with you. If help is the first word of Advent, I think we hear in this passage the last word is home. God has made his home with us. So, uh, I think there are probably a couple of ways. I want to suggest two ways for us to hear uh, the message this morning. We might use the word application. If you're looking like, okay, this is great, beautiful, poetic, Christmassy, but what does this look like in my life? I think, I think our reading kind of speaks to us from two directions this morning. And the first direction I want to suggest uh, is it speaks to us as a, as a challenge. That if, if, if you're at a space in, in your life where things are good, 
right? Like life is good and, and uh, things seem to be going okay. That, that ache in you is maybe like, nah, life, life is pretty good, right? I think we hear the reading this morning as a bit of a of challenge, uh, maybe an invitation to see the world with like fresh eyes, all of the broken places around us, to, to actually to see them again, maybe with a fresh sense of perspective, all of the places and the people in the circumstances of our lives who need help from outside of themselves, that our reading in Advent this morning is an invitation to, to feel that ache again. I, I uh, recently read an interview uh, between, uh, I forget what publication it was, but they were interviewing Wendell Berry, who's, a, who's in his 80s and a farmer in Kentucky and writes a lot about like home and, and the feeling of place and, and belonging. But something, uh, one of the questions caught my attention. The, the, the writer, the journalist was asking him, they, he brought up the subject of homesickness. And he was talking about the experience in America, lots of transplants, we move around, I am one of them. And uh, uh, he says, you know, I feel like in that context, homesickness as a human experience Experience, it, it, it seems itself on the verge of extinction. That that we that that sort of that sense of that ache for uh, having a place that feels kind of lost right now. And I thought it was an interesting question for for what it suggests. And and I would say that 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 tendency in our lives to kind of grow complacent, to forget the the scale of the goodness that we hope and long for is present in all of us. And Advent kind of challenges us to, to, to be aware, to not let that ache just kind of fade away under the responsibilities or enjoyments or contentments of the day. C.S. Lewis is helpful here. He writes about ache and longing in all kinds of ways, but in this respect, particularly in mere Christianity, he shares that if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were those who uh, were just those who thought the most of the next one. Another way we might put that would be the Christians who did the most, he says, here and now were those who's, who, who sort of leaned into that ache for God to put things right. The language in Isaiah is new heavens and new earth. And Lewis is saying that, that there is something to that ache. And he lists examples, one of which would be examples like William uh, Wilberforce, who helped to end the slave trade, right? That it was precisely there uh, in, in England, it was precisely there um, anchoring in the hope of a new heaven and a new earth that, that moved them in compassion towards the world around them. And so I want to suggest to you that if you're here and feeling pretty content, which is okay, Right? I'm, this is not a, a kind of judgment on that feeling. Rather, it's a, it's a challenge and an invitation from the season of Advent to look at the world around you and to look at this child, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. And where those two visions don't, don't match, where, where there's dissonance between what you see in the lives of the people around you and what you know God aches for for this world, to let that awaken in you uh, homesickness. An ache, an ache for God to put the world right. So that's, that's, I think, one space. But my hunch is, so maybe you're there. My hunch, though, is most of us are really familiar with this ache. That most of us could, if we were sort of vulnerable enough, could very quickly and easy point to places of ache in our heart, in our lives, in the circumstances of our life 
we are very much familiar with the need for things to be better. Very much at home with the ache in us for, for things to be put right. And so I think we, we may hear it as a challenge, but I think we can all hear the reading this morning as a, an invitation to hope. To, to, in a sense, right, not to kind of press that ache down, but to, to step into it and then let it drive us to the first word of Advent, help. And so I, I just want to take a moment to speak to where you might be in, in that feeling. Again, I, I don't mean that you miss grandma's house and cooking. And, and that may be true, right? It, that, that may be true. It may be precisely those things that trigger in you an ache uh, for life and, and for an end to death and grief and all of those things. So but what, but what I'm asking you to consider is, is those spaces in your life that trigger an ache in you for, for things to be put right. And so maybe for you, if I, if I could just ask you to step into maybe some examples. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you're holding a life of like broken relationships. Maybe you're in one now that is difficult and challenging and, and you're in the dark. You don't know which way to go or kind of how to navigate that, but you know that something is wrong. It's broken. It needs an expression of rightness and, and goodness. What you crave, you, you ache in that moment is, is peace a word of, of peace to that situation. Maybe you're here this morning and you're holding a life that feels really fragile. Like so many in our world at this time, scrambling kind of uh, in the darkness of scarcity and uncertainty. Maybe it's tied to a paycheck. Where will that come from? Maybe it's just the uncertainty in our world leaves you uh, anxious, concerned. And, and in that moment, you're craving security. Maybe you're here this morning and lost in a life of kind of, if we have to describe it, it'd be a feeling of like you're just kind of wandering in the dark. Maybe it's a life riddled with mistakes, regrets, kind of doubling back. You know, you, you take two steps forward, four steps back. You're like, <laughs> I'm, I just, I can't, I'm having trouble finding my way. Maybe unsure of the next step you should take in your life, of the way to go. Maybe unsure because you're carrying sort of a weight of regret over things in your past. Maybe things outside of your control. Fearful, perhaps, that you've made too many mistakes to ever find your way right again. And what you crave, what the ache in your heart pulls you towards is counsel and wisdom of forgiveness whose source is everlasting. Or maybe you're here and you're just tired. But the, the life that you hold is exhausted at the end of its strength, aching for things to just be normal again, right? Like you, you, you're on the edges of grief and, and aloneness. You're just longing and aching for, for rest. And in that moment, you crave like a homesickness, a word of peace, a peace that knows no end. This Advent, my invitation, I hope you will hear our invitation at Park City. So in the midst of all that, you would hear, you would hear the invitation to start with the first word of Advent, help. Anne Lamott writes rather candidly at times about faith. She says there are really only three prayers. Help, 
wow and thanks. And wow and thanks will come. Those will come. But this morning, this morning, Advent invites us to start at the beginning. Help, help. To, to, to anchor your life in the hope that help comes to you and me from the outside. From a God who comes remarkably in vulnerability and weakness as a child. Who was with you and me in the anxiety and stress of all that you may carry. Is with you as a wonderful counselor, as a mighty God, an everlasting father and a prince of peace. Because here's, here's what I think. Like my kid, right, we know a good thing and we know when it's not there. My, my hunch is we think we're cake sick, right? We try to fill that ache with all kinds of things. We think we're cake sick, but we're, we're not. We're homesick for God to make his home with us. God to make us home with us. And so we say, help, help. I don't know what you bring into that word this morning, but my invitation to you is to say it with us. Help to say, come, come Emmanuel, God with us, come wisdom, come heaven's peace, come and cheer. We got to stand and sing with us as we close. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.